In a world filled with information, where do you turn to get straight talk about retirement, investments, and your money? Lock it in to the longest-running financial talk show in Arkansas and let us help you build the bridge between information and application. Real financial change begins right here, and it starts with you. It's showtime! A recent AP report suggested inflation is becoming as big a worry for Americans as COVID-19. Fear, though, should not be part of your financial future. How to deal with inflation on today's Get Ready for the Future show. This is the Get Ready for the Future show. Hi, everybody. Welcome in. Scott Inman along with John Shrewsbury. We've roped in Ginger Young with us today. How are y'all doing? Roped in. Roped the mayor, roped her in. Didn't yeah. give her a choice. I know it, just like a calf. Sit down right here and talk. It is good to have you all along for the Get Ready for the Future show as we talk about inflation today. That should get everybody's attention. Lots of people talking about it. I couldn't believe that AP report, by the way. Read it this wild. morning. Uh, and, and that's obviously a little bit of speculation on their part, but it is becoming a worry for all Americans. And certainly the first place and most obvious place we feel it is uh from the consumer standpoint we're going to talk more about your financial plan investing retirement how inflation affects that but man it it doesn't take much to feel the pain point as a consumer and understand that inflation is where it is the data came in uh, just last week for the final month of 2021 and december of 2021 year over year inflation was up seven percent that's that's the highest it's been john since 1982 and it, the parallel with COVID is it's very hard to avoid, Yeah, uh, especially this new variant that's going and ripping through uh, society these days. It's really kind of crazy. But when you think about what's happening with inflation uh, and, and you go, well, what does that really mean? Well, obviously, prices are going up. But what's happening actually is that the value of the currency is going down. And I don't think many people think about it that way. They just think about, you know, how people are jacking prices up. Well, the the other side of that equation is that the dollar is worth 7% less today than it was before. And the evidence of that shows up at the grocery store. That's right. Yeah. I mean, my groceries cost me, I feel like I'm spending more, probably 50 or $60 more on groceries per week than I was just like two years ago, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Um, that's just for a family of four. Mm-hmm. So I can't imagine what it is whenever you have a larger family to feed. Yeah, I noticed it at the restaurant for sure. Because, yeah. I mean, you we, we go to lunch. We like lunch around here at Gen Wealth. Yes, we, we do. We really like to go out. It kind of <laughs> breaks up the day, right? And, you know, it wasn't that long ago. You could take a $10 bill and get out of there at, at certain places. And then it kind of went to 12 a few years ago. And now, I mean, if you sit down and you eat and you are waited on and you have to leave a tip, it's it's going to be tough to do it for $20. Yeah, yeah. And, and the fast food places. I was in a fast food line the other day, and it was like $14. And I didn't mm-hmm. order a bunch of stuff. It was just, you know, it was kind of a cheeseburger and fries and, and a drink. And it was like <laughs> a lot of money. And I was like, holy yeah. cow, this is real inflation that's happening right now, right in front of me. Yeah, right. And I think that it, the causes are, are very well documented, but it is worth talking about that we've really caused this ourselves in the economic shutdown of 2020. That's really where this was generated when you shut the economy down and you see the supply chain disruptions that it's caused as we reopen the economy. We've also had labor shortages. It has been a supply and demand inflation uptick that is constant. And the more the variant, uh, the variants come out from COVID and those economic 
shutdowns are not reenacted or reinforced, but they still kind of affect people's behavior. That's really the yeah. issue, right? Is because there are, and you can look at data on that, that some people are not, you know, uh, I think airlines were down 15% last week uh, people aren't going out to eat as much it causes a disruption in what they're doing and all of that aids into long-term inflation the question is how long will it last well it's always going to be there that's the other thing too it's not like we had no inflation right. before right right we had an historical average in america is about three percent somewhere between three and four percent so seven percent certainly much higher than that but when do we start to moderate when do we start to come down to that but it doesn't eliminate the need to plan for inflation in your financial future. So we're going to talk about that uh, today when it comes to uh, your money and how to deal with this. We do want to kind of talk a little bit of, a little, little bit more of a deep dive into the types of inflation or the causes, I guess I should say, of inflation, just kind of as a little bit of an education point. There's cost push inflation. Now, that's not easy to say, but it basically means prices have been pushed up by increases in the cost of any of the four factors of production, labor, capital, land or entrepreneurship you know the price of raw materials could cause an increase in cost Uh, that could occur because of a scarcity of those materials and when you think about scarcity a good example of this it's not a raw material but the semiconductor shortage right that has impacted the price of used cars or uh, because the semiconductors need to go into the new cars and the new car production has slowed used car prices john in 2021 were up 35 percent there is a lot of if then equations Mm -hmm. in figuring out this inflation thing and when you really stop to think about it the classic definition of of inflation is too much money chasing too few goods Well, if you look at the circumstances in which we live right now, the supply of goods is obviously down because we shut down the economy and and COVID has prevented, you know, a lot of the business, the normal business activity to take place. So you've got too few goods on one side. And on the other side, you know, if you take a look at American savings rates, they're really up. The stock market is really up, and government spending is really up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you've got a very classic setup. I don't know that I've seen such a classic setup of inflation before. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, not that I can think of in my history. The the as an adult at a time, I was a, a business owner myself, an entrepreneur myself, and and we saw this inflation really increase at that time for the cost of goods. You mm-hmm. know, whenever we were in the housing industry. We uh, in 2005, I guess, mm-hmm. when mm-hmm. Uh, Katrina came through, that was really a big that that really started started the catalyst of housing and along with the banking industry. But, um, you know, getting a little off topic there, we felt that inflation quite a bit, this cost push. Yeah. And, and I think that that clearly, Scott, you can have maybe the opinion of. Well, somebody behind the scenes really controlling that, I don't think that that really, I mean, I think it does happen to some extent, but I think the economic forces are a bigger driver of that. Yeah, we, we love uh, First Trust Advisors and uh, Brian Westbury, who is their chief economist. I'm going to borrow from him to kind of give you a really quick analogy of this. When you when you talk about, John, the, the factors that are in play that are unique to our current inflationary environment, the influx of money into the money supply you talked about government spending the government's right. government was handing checks to people or sending checks to people to to spend that infusion of money into the money supply and then the supply shortage on top of that so he uses the analogy of if 
if there is a hundred dollars in the United States economy, for simple math, right? Right. One hundred dollars in the United States economy, and there are ten apples. That is the supply of goods mm-hmm. in the United States economy. Then an apple is going to cost what? Ten dollars, right? $10, ten right. ten apples, ten dollars a piece, a hundred dollars. When you infuse money into the money supply, and now you have a hundred and thirty dollars, let's say, in the money supply, and you still have ten apples. Mm-hmm. Well, what's the price of an apple now? $1.30. Yeah. So you go up by 30%, $13 an apple on 10 apples to $130. Mm-hmm. Now, you add the supply chain disruption, and you still have the $130 in the money supply, and now you only have five apples. Well, yeah. now what the cost is $26, yeah, $26 right? Yeah. $26 an apple. So you know that's kind of an, uh, uh, an extreme case, but that's what we've done in our current situation, we've infused money into the money supply, and we're having trouble keeping up on the supply side, and that's when that's why things are as high as they are. Now, I think that encourages me when you look at it, because that's not going to last forever. Yeah, it, it really is not, but <clears throat> getting through that is going yes. to be the, the, the challenge. Mm-hmm. My wife came home the other day and said, I'm really get, beginning to get concerned about how bare the grocery stores are mm, uh, and, yeah. and items not on the shelves and what have you. It's true. And so, you know, this thing can 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 go a lot of different ways. But hopefully, you know, as we work our way through this variant, and I hope the scientists are right about this, that this variant will help to burn out the, the pandemic and, and basically make it endemic, uh, if you mm-hmm. want to use the, the technical term for it. Hopefully that will be the case and we will get beyond this. The weather will get better and we'll get back to some more semblance of normal. We were almost there and then here comes Omicron yeah. and and there we go. Right. But but clearly we we are feeling the effects of that cost push in inflation. And so that's one of the ways that inflation can can actually uh, crop up. Yeah, another cause is demand Pull. Demand pull inflation occurs when an increase in the supply of money and credit stimulates overall demand for goods and services in an economy to increase more rapidly than the economy's production capacity. That's that's happening too yeah. uh, right mm-hmm. now as well as we just kind of uh, use as an example the apple analogy. And then there's built-in inflation that's related to adaptive expectations. The idea that people expect current inflation rates to continue in the future mm-hmm. And so they may go ask for a raise, right? Prices begin to rise, and that's happening too. Workers at the uh, at the company they work for ask for an increase in wages to keep up with the cost of living, and that company now has increased expenses and needs to transfer some of that onto the consumer. That's cause that's being that's happening too right now. You really think all three causes we're going right. over are happening right now because of the labor shortages and. People have been incentivized to go back to work. When you when you think it, uh, I think I saw that uh, Bucky's, the big, huge convenience store in yeah. Texas and yeah. Alabama and different places, which we need one in Arkansas, by the way. Those yeah. are fun, but they're also very busy. But I think they're incentivizing uh, higher ons for fifteen to twenty dollars an hour, you wow. know, that, to to work at a convenience store. So on the unskilled labor in the unskilled labor market john you're really seeing wage increase as well yeah 15 dollars is kind of the standard these days Mm -hmm. and i I know uh amazon's running a commercial saying that you know every uh every worker at amazon makes at least 15 dollars an hour and they have health care from day one and all of that is is very inflationary yeah Uh, that's you you can say whatever you want to it's inflationary yeah that there's your built-in inflation that we're talking about Mm -hmm. you know that's a that's a prime example of that so 
all of this is great, but what are we going to do about it, right? We need to give you some mm-hmm. action steps here and, and, and how you deal with inflation in your in your finances. Because we, we mentioned it in the onset. Certainly, the pain point is obvious as a consumer. And you do have to deal with that from your budget, right? You Many people have to scale back what they're spending money on, how they're spending money. Maybe they're not getting the extras to beef up the pantry at the grocery store. They're just getting what they get, what they need for the week because the costs are going up. Mm-hmm. But how do you deal with it for your future? Because you do have to, as we mentioned in the onset, we do not expect, and we draw our cues from different sources, but one of the main ones is LPL Research, and their, their forecast for inflation is that the peak is coming. It may not have been December of 2021, but in the first half of 2022, we're looking at a peak in this inflation year-over-year number, and then it will start to reside back to more historical numbers. But as we said earlier, that doesn't mean inflation is going away. You need to have a financial plan in place to beat inflation. And how do you do that? Well, it depends greatly, John, on where you are on your financial journey. Yeah, I think that that the number one thing that anybody can do in terms of trying to at least be prepared for inflation is to be sure that you create margin mm-hmm. in your life. Right. And and margin in your life really means that you've got some reserve savings that you can can fall back on. Now, obviously, that's limited, and you can't endure a long term period of time of inflation with margin. But Jan, uh, uh, clearly, Janet, uh, I'm sorry, <laughs> Janet usually sits up. Yes, she does. It's right. common. Ginger, uh, there you, go. you know, you 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 can't spend everything that you make. You've right. got to have a buffer there. Yeah, if you're living paycheck to paycheck, you've got to figure out some. Look at your budget. Figure out some places where you can you know, pull back and make some changes. You know, it's time to start building. It, it doesn't matter where you are. If you start now, you can get, you know, make some some increases, make some uh, goals happen for yourself. Um, and and the only way to do it is just to start. Yeah, it, you've got to have that intention of jumping into it and, and rolling from there. And Scott, I think that that, you know, when you think about the landscape of where we are right now, in the economy, look at where the market is right now, not the stock market, but the jobs market. Mm-hmm. If you think about, okay, inflation is going up, but there are all these jobs out there. Mm-hmm. Is there a job out there that you could make more money at and mm-hmm. cure your inflation problem for right now? Now, obviously, a lot of times people, when they get a higher paying job, they raise their standard of living. Yep. Yeah. That's not going to work. You're going to have to look at getting a higher paying job and keep your standard of living where it is so you can basically make that margin uh, happen in your life. And and I don't think that people oftentimes uh, really take advantage of that. They, they are often more driven by the fact that, you know, somebody made them mad at work or mm-hmm. the, they had a run in with a boss or something like that, or they got fired. So they're going to now go look for another job. But I think that any time when you have inflation kicking up at five, six, seven percent per year, you got to ask yourself, okay, that's not going to dissolve. That's not going to go away. That's not going to back down a whole lot. So what are you going to do in your own personal economy to raise the income to be able to get there? I think that's a huge question for a lot of people these days. I do want to take just a moment as we transition from talking about the causes of inflation and where inflation is now and where it's going into how you should deal with it. It's a good time to mention that we do go a little more in-depth with the inflation data, the most recent data, and a look at where we're going next in this week's Fastest 4 Minutes in Finance. If you're not getting that directly into your email inbox, you can do that 
And all you have to do is text the word FAST to this number. Ready? 501-381-5228. Again, it's 501-381-5228. And I would put that number in your contacts because there's a lot of educational resources available by texting a certain word to that number. But I want you to text the word FAST uh, to that number and you'll sign up for the fastest four delivered directly to your email inbox. It's also a part of Gen Wealth Radio every Saturday. So I read a, a another article about millennials. Millennials are uh, described as those born between 1980 and 1996. This is the first time they've had to deal with any real inflation, right? Because yeah. we just mentioned the numbers uh, this year over year number from December of 21, the highest since 1982. So millennials don't even really understand inflation. They've had a low inflationary environment to grow up in and now to operate in. And I think that really may uh, emphasize what you guys were talking about, about creating margin. You've got to be able to live on less than you make. And I think so many people spend every dime they make or even more than that. They use their credit card to go on vacations. They're piling mm-hmm. up debt. Margin is so key to having a better financial future. And it's hard when you're younger to recognize that because you typically don't make as much as you're going to make in your 40s and Mm -hmm. 50s. So your margin is by definition thinner just because it's less income and you still have all those expenses. And when you see things like rent going up as a part of this inflation, Mm -hmm. you know, they're having to deal with that. And I, I think that's a very great point you make, John, is you may have to get out in front of it by going and advancing in your career quickly. Yeah, I think I think that's true. And and I don't want to sound like the old guy here and, and you know, get off my lawn or anything like that. <laughs> but but in reality, you know, for a long period of time, the young generation has always felt almost entitled to start out where mom and dad got them to through their many years of hard work. You know, if you if they had a uh, $200,000 house that they grew up in, mm. they ought to be able to buy a $200,000 house when they get out of college. Yeah. And I think that's just a, 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 a tough thing to, to really try to actually keep up with. Uh, a lot of people don't want to start low and start working their way up. They mm. want to, uh, as the old saying goes, they want to be born on third base and think they hit a home run. Right. <laughs> and, and so there are some things there that you've got to do. But one of the things I'm really concerned about, and Ginger, I'd love your, your insight on this, I am worried about the younger generation at this point in time being kind of scared out of equities as a group. Mm-hmm. And equities are really the one of the two chances that you've got of staying ahead of inflation in your investing, the other being real estate. Right. Yeah. Well, I guess I'm I'm fumbling a little bit for what do you mean what what is my take on this what what else would be the alternative well are you thinking about crypto well you know i I think that there's oftentimes a a get rich quick you know mentality out there crypto is is maybe one of those things Mm -hmm. that you know, they see this this huge run up in crypto, but also the huge run downs and, and what have you. And mm-hmm. they don't equate that risk with the risk that they saw their mom and dad go through when they went through the, the Great Recession. Yeah. And so I think that they're oftentimes very emotional about their investing mm-hmm. and not thinking about, hey, I got to look at the asset classes that are able to to keep me ahead of inflation. Now, right. you've been in the real estate business, uh-huh. and real estate has always been one of those things that's been a very good uh, fighter, if you will, against inflation. Against inflation, yeah. And it's something that we use you know, in our plans to bridge that gap between, um, between conservative 
needs and and growth needs you know because it is a it weathers a storm usually real estate does for you but as far as as millennials I don't know John I think that that for some of for the the millennials who are uh, intentional about what they're doing I believe that they see that equities is the way or at least some form of equity right. you know yeah uh, but then for the people who just haven't taken the time to educate themselves or get tap into some education along the way uh, they just aren't starting I think that that's really they don't see the need for it they're always keeping up with the Joneses like you were saying they they yeah I would agree that that just not starting is a is a huge uh, impediment because I was telling someone the other day that like 95% of your ability to win financially mm-hmm. is just getting started. Yeah. Just start savings, just start mm-hmm. investing. Uh, you know, there's probably about five to 10% of it is investment selection and things of that mm-hmm. nature, but just get started in the right ways. And and to me, it was really scary uh, as we came out of the, the Great Recession. And, you know, we saw a lot of millennials see parents lose their homes and things of that nature and their stock market mm-hmm. prices go down. There was this aversion to some degree of taking risk and equities, and they wanted to be really conservative. Hopefully that's passed now and that they will be more aggressive with their investments because they got time to make it work out yeah and that's the other thing that i want to talk about is the fact that if you think about the clients that we serve predominantly here at gen wealth and that is folks that are approaching retirement are ready to retire Mm -hmm. you have got to be in a position where you have inflation built into your income stream you've got to be able to increase the amount of money that you've got coming in on a regular basis in order to deal with things like we're going through right now. Yeah, I'm going to borrow. I don't want to run too much in circles, but you mentioned this earlier. So I'm going to borrow. We like to borrow from very smart people on the Get Ready for the Future show. Burt White's one of the smartest. Managing Director, Chief Investment Officer at LPL Financial. He tweeted this out yesterday. Have you seen the commercial that Matt Damon's on for the cryptocurrency, right? You mentioned the crypto. Because I think that is... For the younger generation, if they are not risk averse because of what they saw in the 2008 crisis, they're very risk on and they're very get rich quick, as as, as you saw mm-hmm. or as you mentioned, John. Bert tweeted the most dangerous and reckless financial commercial is Matt Damon, Crypto.com, with the fortune favors the brave and equating crypto investing to climbing Everest. Bravery is not a trait for investment success, discipline and patience is and that's so true that's profound with what we're talking about here yes you have to believe in equities yes you have to outpace inflation but it is the discipline and the patience over time right which as you alluded to john when you're young you have lots of so yeah we'll put a button on that and then switch as you were talking about to the ready to retire clients because when you think about how many people come in with the opposite mindset at retirement right Mm -hmm. i don't want any risk in fact, how many people have you guys met with that have their income plan prior to sitting with us may be, hey, I've got this thing figured out. I've got X amount of dollars. Mm-hmm. And if I take X amount a year out for 20 years, I've got enough money. Right. Yeah, that happens. And then, again, with some education that we can deliver, uh, which is a huge part of what we do, mm-hmm. we can let them know, hey, OK, but one thing you're not factoring in here is inflation so you know just like you needed inflationary increases with raises for your paycheck over the years you're going to need those in retirement as well so a plus b does not equal c always we've got to factor in the the bigger risks that retirees face i think if you consider retirement can be 
a 20 or 30 year occupation, if you will. Right. And an occupation has got to come with a paycheck. You wouldn't work at a job for 20 years. You wouldn't work at a job for five or six years mm-hmm. and not get a raise. Most people would not. But you can't think about your retirement program being, okay, I'm on a fixed income. I'm going to be on a fixed income. Well, what you're going to be is that classic old lady that's on TV going, oh, the government's doing this and I'm on a fixed <laughs> income and all that. You've got to have a plan to increase your income over time. And Scott, that's what I love about the the strategy that we run here at GenWealth because we build inflation adjustments into our clients' plans periodically so they can uh, keep up with the cost of living and fight inflation and be able to not be behind the curve in times like this. Yeah, your goal should certainly be in retirement. If, if this inflationary environment has taught you one thing, and it's really evident to me in my own personal economy and by looking at what we do for our clients, it's you cannot plan as a goal to live on a fixed income in retirement. You've mm-hmm. got to be able to increase that. Because think about that. If you had you had no way to give yourself a raise right now and things are 7% across the board higher, what you're, you're really going to be in tough shape, especially when it comes to the basic necessities of life and mm-hmm. social security. You are getting a cost of living raise of what, 58 5.9% is what they're, uh, they've, they've raised the paychecks up by in 2022 but your mm-hmm. medicare premiums are going up as well so a lot of that raise has been eaten away by an increase in medicare premiums because those go up as well so right. cost of living adjustments are not going to be enough in the social security you've got to have your assets give you a cost of living adjustment scott uh, a pension program uh and they're few and mm-hmm. far between in the private sector but a pension program can give you a false sense of security if you think about a pension, what is it? It is a regular, predictable, dependable income stream that lasts as long as you do. That's good. It's great that you have that regular, predictable income coming in as long as you live. The problem is the first check you get is going to be exactly the amount of the last check mm-hmm. that you get. And there's no inflation increase in most of that. Now, if you work for the federal government or the state of Arkansas, then you're actually going to see an inflation increase built into uh, those pensions. So that doesn't apply to you if you're a government worker. But for the private sector, most pensions, if your company has one, is not going to deliver to you the inflation adjustments that you need. And I see people all the time who come in and go, yeah, I've got a company pension and I haven't been investing in my 401k because Mm -hmm. I've got my company pension. Right. And I think they're going to be sadly mistaken when they get to retirement. Yes. I mean, really, if you've got a pension and then you also have the opportunity to invest with an employer plan, do it. You know, you find a way to make that happen, uh, especially if you if your employer is going to give you a match. That's free money that you're not taking advantage of, you know, that can help you in this, you know, at dilemma that we have about inflation so yeah clearly it's a it's a uh it's really short-sighted to to not do that from two fronts one is you won't have anything on your side to help you fight inflation but Mm -hmm. secondly you're giving up that free money that ginger talked about and that can be a huge part of the nest egg that you have that could offset some inflation whether you have a pension or you don't if you are entering in retirement in the next five to ten years or if you're right on the cusp of it I think what we're talking about here today, you know, we mentioned at the beginning that uh, fear is not an option when it comes to your financial future. And I think inflation 
can present some fears to you, especially if you're on the cusp of walking away from a paycheck and entering into a life where you're going to have to fund your own lifestyle and have no idea that's the chasm that we're living in here right is you've you've maybe you've done a good job of accumulating in those employer plans or other types of investment accounts but you've got this number right you've got this number of and that's the value of your assets and then you've got this other number that hey this is what i need or want to live on in retirement in day one you have no idea john how to bridge those two together and right. and really determine what your assets can provide you in monthly income and then to provide inflationary adjusted raises throughout your retirement. That is what our planning process, the ready to retire process here at Gen Wealth provides. It does. Mm-hmm. And the ready to retire process takes into account everything that you've got going on in your life. And it's very much involved in terms of a lot of other things other than your money. But I want to go back to the 401k thing for just a minute. And I want to talk to the young people that may be listening to the show today. If you have the Roth option in your 401k, then I'm going to encourage you greatly to participate in that because mm-hmm. The Roth option actually gives you about 20 or 30% more money that you can deal with at retirement because you're not having to pay taxes on that money when you take it out. Now, your employer match is likely going to be an after-tax, I'm sorry, a before-tax match. So you will owe taxes on the employer match, but that employee contribution that you're making, uh, I love the analogy that Janet made on a show or two ago. And it was, do you want to pay taxes on the seed of the apple tree? To go back Mm -hmm. to your apple analogy, Scott, do you want to pay taxes on the seed of the apple tree or do you want to pay taxes on all of the apples that come from the apple tree? Well, clearly you want to pay taxes just on the seed. And that's what you're doing when you go into a Roth option. When you put that money into a Roth option, then you've got the ability to do that on a after-tax basis. You've already paid tax on the seed going in, but when you take it out, it is 100% tax-free as far Mm -hmm. as your contributions and the growth that they've had. The employer uh, match, still going to be taxable, but that's okay. You've got a nice Roth option there. And I think that when you get to the stage of life, Scott, when you're doing the ready-to-retire process at GenWealth, having that tax-free bucket of money to tap into can be hugely helpful. As as we all think about when we put together a plan, we have to think about it in an after-tax basis. But if you've got uh, a a pool of tax-free money, then you don't have to deduct taxes off that money. That's Mm -hmm. a great way to uh, hedge for inflation, right? Yeah. Is to be able to bring home more of the income that you're taking out from your investment accounts. So when you talk about we've 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 kind of talked around the investment strategy. We've got a couple of minutes left. I want to talk a little bit more in depth of how you should think of that investment strategy because people may be hearing, oh wait a minute, I've I've still got to be in stock at retirement. I'm 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 terrified of that because of how volatile it is. Or, uh, you know, I I want to be safe with my money. Well, absolutely, with a portion of your money that you are providing yourself income with Mm -hmm. in retirement. Yes, it does need to be in a conservative strategy. So I think about it in terms of everybody sees that investment portfolio as a circle, right? That's how all the charts and graphs, and then they've got lines through it with asset allocation. Think of it less of a circle and more of it as buckets, right? Mm -hmm. Designated for your years of retirement. And if you're taking from bucket one, which is now absolutely guys, that the the investment strategy needs to be conservative. But for the bucket that is four and five for 15 or 20 years later, that is where we're talking about 
having the hedge against inflation by being invested in asset classes that will outpace it historically mm-hmm. have. Yeah. Yeah. I think that if you think about the three big risk of retirement, it is uh, one of them is inflation risk. And the way that that risk is addressed is through the investments that we make into real estate and into equities. But all of that is considered to be long-term money. I think that if you think about what could happen in any one day, week, or month, or even year, in a one-year period of time in the stock market, you know, it's it's like a maybe, you know, a 70-30 chance that you're going to make money. Mm-hmm. But as time goes on, Ginger, the probability of you having a successful investment strategy just goes up. Yes, exactly. And just to be clear on that on that bucket strategy, we are turning on the spigot in the conservative little bucket over Mm -hmm. here, you know, where we want to take our income. And then on those years where we have outpaced inflation and your accounts have grown really well in that growth segment, we can dip a little money you know from that growth bucket over into your conservative bucket that's how we make the strategy work i think of it as like harvesting when the when the crop is is ready to go yeah. think about a farmer they're going to go out in the field and they're going to they're going to take that crop harvest it out of the field and put it in the storehouse so you can use it later it is essentially the the uh, the essence of that bucket strategy that we run here at GenWealth, and I think it's very clear that that is the most conservative way to handle all the three big risks. The answer to inflation is to get a plan for your financial future. Without a plan, the future just happens to you. If you need help or don't know where to start, we can help at GenWealth Financial Advisors. You heard the bell in the background. That means it is time for our final thoughts. Ginger, we'll start with you. Yeah. So just, you know, to sum up sum up the inflation part of this, um, it's a decrease in your purchasing power and subsequent increase in the cost of goods and services. And so you can't think about this as something that you just, like a, a rock that you threw in the water, there's going to be a ripple effect. And so you've got to figure out a way to make that uh, not hurt so much. Scott, I think you've got to be sure that you don't get overly emotional about this inflation thing. Yeah, yeah it, it can get you know rough when you go to the grocery store and and you know you're you you swipe your card and it's a lot more money than than it was before. But this is a fact of life that you you've got to deal with, and and so being bitter and complaining about rising prices not going to help you in any regard. What you've got to do is you've got to apply math and science to it and have a plan to be sure that you are doing everything that you can to stay ahead of rising prices, both now and in your retirement. Inflation can certainly create a lot of fear. There's no question about it. And emotion can grip you in a very negative way. You got to take control of that. Well, my final thought is if you're ready to grow your financial knowledge, we have opportunities for you. We have free courses and resources that are just a click away and they're easy to access. You can just go to getreadyforthefuture.com forward slash academy. Education is one of our chief passions here at GenWealth, and we've set that up for you. You can get started at getreadyforthefuture.com forward slash academy, where you'll find free courses and resources right at your fingertips. We hope you'll visit it. Well, that's all the time we have for this week's Get Ready for the Future show. We certainly thank you for being with us on this topic of inflation, and we hope you'll join us again next week for more Straight Talk about your retirement, your investments, and your money. Thank you for listening to the Get Ready for the Future show. 
If you enjoy hearing from the Gen Wealth team every week, make sure and subscribe to the podcast. And you can always find us on social media. Search for Gen Wealth Financial Advisors on Facebook or on Twitter at Gen Wealth FA. The Gen Wealth Financial team is available to you 24 7 at info at getreadyforthefuture.com or call our offices at 866 653 PLAN. That's 866-653-7526. You should personally consult a financial advisor before making any investment, and no strategy can assure success. GenWealth Financial Advisors is an Arkansas-registered investment advisor with securities offered through LPL Financial. Member FINRA SIPC.